Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. Have the best day ever. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Beam, B-E-A-M. They are a CBD company. Brett and I have both been trying CBD for quite some time and have really fallen in love with Beam as a brand. Beam is all organic, pharmaceutical grade, full spectrum CBD. So in each one of their protein bars, there's about 20 milligrams of this full spectrum CBD oil. The salves come in different potencies. And CBD in general helps balance mood, reduce anxiety, increase muscle recovery, amongst a ton of other benefits. And what exactly does that mean? Being 100% THC free means that there are no psychoactive side effects in any of their CBD, while full spectrum includes other natural compounds like cannabinoids and terpenes that help support the benefits of CBD. If you're looking to test out CBD and want to give Beam a try, check out their website to purchase some of their amazing products and make sure you use code LIVEBETTER at checkout to receive a discount. We'd love to hear about what you guys are using, how this stuff is helping and aiding you in recovery, in sleep, or whatever way in which you are using it in order to have the best day ever. Check out beamtlc.com and enter the code LIVEBETTER. Yo team, welcome to the new and improved Live Better podcast, episode two. Jason and Brett here. We are going to get into some really interesting stuff about where you are, what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how wellness should play a role in all of that. Um, Let's dive right in. Today's episode will be on the topic of set and setting, which is usually referred to in the medical community on what is the set? So what is your mindset going into it? How is like a patient being treated when they're medicated? Um, what is their mindset going in and how is that facilitated by you know, prior history, all those types of things. Then they have setting, which is the actual environment that they're conducting it in. So just imagine if we were conducting this podcast on a beach versus an office versus a prison cell, or if you were in that field, think about getting medicine administered to you in like a cold dark room or is it in like a very warm um kind of like therapy type setting both totally dictate some of the outcome so even the 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 outcome of how the medicine actually works is partially dictated on set and setting so when we think about that from a wellness perspective especially thinking about like the best day ever mindset, how we preach positivity, how we preach routine building and going at things, the combination of those two things are very important. So here's a really great example. First set, you're coming into something with a very negative mindset might ruin an otherwise really nice setting. 
So think about separating those two things first. Mindset might be super negative. Setting like a really warm beach might be super positive. So say you have something really bad happen to you, so your mindset's not good, and then I put you immediately onto a beach that setting might do a little bit for you, but you're probably still gonna be pissed. And it might actually even ruin that setting for you. So when we think about this on the other end, how can this be helpful? It's how can we change your mindset? And then how can we set up more environments to facilitate a better mindset or you being able to improve in some way? For instance, setting up your office to make you feel creative, setting up your bedroom to facilitate sleep, setting up your gym to make you feel motivated, setting up you know, your home to make it feel comfortable to be around your family. So it's kind of combining those two things. And I think our Live Better Retreat provides a really nice sort of case study for how those two things, A, affect one another, but B, also affect the outcome of how wellness is actually administered. So we're not taking the medical side. We're talking about it from a holistic health point of view, not anything medicine driven, but more about movement, nutrition, um, what we do socially, what we do emotionally, and from that type of viewpoint. I think that when you start to dive into some stuff like that and the research now in the medical community being so prevalent in those things in set and setting, we're really starting to see that come out in the wellness space. So for example, you look at boutique fitness and there's a reason why the studios are set up the way they are. There's a reason why there's lighting. There's a reason why there's music. There's a reason why there's nice locker rooms, right? Because that sets you up for the workout itself. And I think when you're going into a place like that, you have a better mindset. You have this mindset that, you know what, this is my one hour where I'm going to really get after it because I know everything's going to be set up well. And then when you go in there, the setting then plays into that. So I think the research showing that those things in the medical community um, are actually driving results are now translating across all of wellness. I was having a super interesting conversation um, a few days ago with uh, one of Jason and I's mutual friends that actually does this research. So she um, is working at a hospital in Chicago doing research. Actually, right now, one of the studies that she was doing on was um, the results will show how mindset goes into um, youth that are getting heart transplants. So she was conducting these sessions with the parent and the child pre-op and then going through different protocols to facilitate a positive mindset. And then what they're going to do years down the line is test how that mindset training essentially going into such a big experience for both the adult and the child will have an outcome in the future. The initial research, um, uh, which is being shown, I think she said 30 to 60 days after the operation is already showing there's a positive correlation to the training that they're going through. Um, Examples of the training are things to boost mindset, um, things to be able just to have a place to talk prior to these surgeries. Uh, Obviously, it's a very traumatic surgery for a child to go through something at such a young age. Um, because it was something that was completely outside of their control. Um, And it's very important for, like you said, the set and the setting going in. So is the mindset of the child positive, negative? Is the mindset of the mom or dad positive, negative? What is the setting that they are going to go home to? They're taking all of that into consideration. So as we're seeing the medical community start to realize and start to understand that those things are a key factor in recovery, 
I think that we will see that trickle down into experiences. And like you said, what we've seen um, now going on our seventh wellness retreat, there's a reason why we choose the settings that we choose. There's a reason why we've gone back to um, the place we're going in November um, in El Salvador multiple times because that setting facilitates an unbelievable experience. Now, we're blessed and through our you know, goals, we've got people coming in with pretty good mindsets, um, which is definitely extremely important. And I think the setting for us is just kind of that extra layer of we're here, things are open, there's opportunity to discuss things. You and I facilitate an experience where communication is wide ranging, where there is no bad questions, where there is um, pretty much an open mic at all times. And then obviously you have crashing waves, beaches, yoga, amazing food, really cool people. So for what we've seen, I think the, the coolest thing that you and I have seen, which is something that we really didn't even talk too much about prior, were the results is what people are doing after the trips, the career shifts, yep. the startups, the weight loss journeys, the consistency in working out, um, the fact that one person goes on a trip, quits their job, starts a new job, and then their boss in their new job comes on the trip. Um, that type of stuff we've seen to be pretty monumental, and it definitely has something to do with the setting in which we're doing it. And then now, since we've done it so many times, I think we're able to instill a mindset prior to the experience. And we've seen certain groups come in and by the first day, they're talking about things that they haven't talked to probably with their significant other in years. Never, maybe never, maybe never talked to with their close group of friends because they feel like they don't have the the mindset or the ability to do so. So we're seeing mindset and setting play a huge factor in the actual result. Not just in that experience was amazing, surf, yoga, vibes, good food, sun, um, great. But what is the actual result? You know, what are you driving towards? And I think that we've been able to see those results. I mean, just people running their first half marathon, people um, switching career fields and taking on new opportunities and honestly being be, just becoming comfortable with themselves. Um, a lot of that has to do with where we're doing it and why we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, and the conversation can just get so circular going back and forth because I, I think while you could consider them mutually exclusive, when you put together an experience, they're not because the setting influences the mindset and the mindset influences the power of the setting for sure. I mean, think about all the things that you mentioned about the setting itself. So being in the sun, looking at the ocean or moving water, being on the beach, and then just an overall vibe of travel and vacation. I think in general, just removing yourself from the stress of home life and then reintroducing yourselves, that's why people go to the beach, to very real things that have an effect. When you're in the sun, it increases your vitamin D levels, brings up just general happiness. I mean, people in Chicago, it's just seasonal disorder, like depression for sure. When it gets cold and negative 10, in November, you want to be gone from that. I mean, I, and I think just even removing yourself from cold and going into warm and sun, you're an immediate boost. Then you get to the number, one of the top stress relievers. It's at one point was considered like the number one stress reliever was looking at moving water. Yeah, I found that study and super interesting. Ocean for sure. You can just sit there and kind of stare at the ocean. Then you're Which on the, we do. Yeah, then you're on the beach 
which I think just creates, and in this kind of jungle setting, which I, I just think creates kind of this overall vibe. And it's the reason why is the contrast between city living is so drastic. You're not surrounded by a million people. You're not surrounded by metal skyscrapers and white noise from being in the city all the time. You can see the stars. Being Having that contrast from home to here, I think just allows you to leave that stress at home. I was actually recently discussing this with someone. I sleep so much better on vacation because I don't have all of the clouded headspace I do with how busy my home room is because I'm always going from all of these things all day and then I crash land in my bed and can probably do honestly a better job at locally making a better setting for that. That'll be one of the next points. But you, yeah, you just, when you can leave that behind and all of a sudden you only have exactly what you need and everything is made up every day, right? Somebody's like doing the sheets. There's something to cleaning up that space and just being away from what you attach to home, both good and bad, because it comes with baggage, right? Most people don't take staycations for lengthy periods of time. Um, I think transporting yourself into that setting does so much to boost your mindset, something that may have been kept down by the setting while you were at home. So you may not be able to dump all your thoughts out on a paper and reprioritize it and, and, and really think about exactly how you want to spend your time because you're just distracted by all the things you know you need to get done at home. These trips, and we've set them up this way, is a chance to unplug from that if you want. I mean, some people come and do work, but most people are looking for time away from what they're doing at home, usually to evaluate and understand that this is exactly what I want to be doing or how to just do that better if you know you've already found what you want to be doing. And I just don't think that's possible to truly shut out all the chatter when you can see it right out the window. I mean, it just you just you can't clear your headspace that much. You have to have a physical change to location, and I think that's what people crave so much about travel is really the experience part about immediately just changing mindset by just simply changing your setting. It doesn't take anything more than that. You don't need some monumental shift in the way you think about being happy or. Like all of a sudden now I'm just relieved of stress, right? Like airports are some of the most stressful places on earth. But as soon as you get where you're going, you're like, oh, that was worth it. So when you come back, right? So we can travel. We can go to El Salvador. We can go to Bali. You can go to Colorado. You can go to Big Sur to these just like incredible settings. Um, and what I, what I really like to see and my, where my head's visualizing is this pie chart of mindset or set, like you said, and setting, and then how that plays into whatever you're looking for, whether that's productivity, um, whether that's decompression, whether that's thought, whether that's love, um, you know, you can kind of have what the the pie chart would would need to look like. Now, for most people, um, and this includes our retreat goers and not, you can't spend or you choose not to spend, I guess is a better way to say it. not all of your time on the beach surfing. So let's talk about the Chicagoite, the New York, the um, person that lives in the city, the London, the Paris. Um, you are in this environment. I mean, right now, our podcast studio is busy street this way, alleyway this way, you know, largest skyscrapers in the world that way. So what are the things when setting, maybe we'll say is stagnant, is, is your life, um, I would like to talk about two things. 
how can we create a mindset that trumps the setting or puts the setting somewhere else? And then I'd love to go through two or three examples. Um, I would say we can we can kind of make this a, a you know we'll open up a suitcase here with some with some answers. Uh, let's go bedroom, let's go office, and then let's go living space. Just some ways in which we can create those settings. So bedroom is for sleep, um, living space is for community and living, and office space is for creativity and not for demand. So yeah. let's first talk about how, and, and maybe you know a lot of the tactics we go over on our trip help you go back to real life, quote unquote, and be able to say my mindset now is overcoming some of the settings in which I didn't realize I was in. Um, what are some tools and tactics there? Once we get through that, we can kind of ping pong the, the different rooms. Yeah, I think, I mean, just overall, I think that's one thing that I really like about travel is it does expand that perspective because it, it gives you a viewpoint on different settings and you can pull things that you like out of each one. Different cultures eat dinner at different times. They have different foods, different smells, a very different aesthetic, right? Do you like Italian marble or do you like log cabins? Do you like castles? It's all like a very, very different vibe. When you ask me like, oh, are you a beach person or are you a mountain person? Like those evoke very different feelings. So are you talking about bringing some of that back? So in your apartment here, are you putting up a stone or a, yeah, I think the beach, totally, totally. You can set that up. I think, you know, if you want to create more of like a Tulum look, it's got to be more of like a boho, barefoot-style thing, you know? Put some wood, put some rope in there, add more lush and plant life. If you are inspired by things that are very modern and technology-based, you want like long, sleek, clean lines, doing things that have more metal into it. Um, I think some people like big, kind of vast, open spaces, and other people, you want to throw 30 blankets on a couch and make it more kind of like snuggly and you're creating that kind of like warm fireside vibe yeah. and I want to create that to feel differently and I want to go to each of those places to get a certain thing done so you mentioned three of those things are pretty big spots you're going to spend a really large majority of your time in your bedroom and in your office so I think probably those two are like the best spots to start um, especially your bedroom I think because just the in the sleep part of it handle so much of your recovery that, um, and you know, there's that quote, it's like, you should invest in like a really solid mattress and a really solid pair of shoes. Cause when you're not in one, you're in the other. Yeah. Um, I think it's just thinking about that is like, where do you spend the majority of your time? Your sleep fuels the rest of your day. So you want that to be knocked out and solid. Do you like sleeping in cold? Do you want a big bed? Do you want a small bed? Do you need a bigger bedroom? Do you like lots of photos on the wall? Do you like books stacked there? I, do you like the counters wiped clean and not having very much there at all, which I'm very much on that yeah. side. Like I want a clean, uncrowded headspace to be able to fall asleep and it's got to be dark and ice cold. And that setting for me creates a mindset of I, it's ready. To, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm calm. But my office, I want that set up to be super creative. Like I love plants in there. I like having music playing. I like having a candle or some type of scent that then reminds me to be active. So what I really like about an oil diffuser, um, I love that liquid sunshine from Sage. Yeah, it's awesome because that scent, which is probably one of your most, maybe is the most powerful scents, can remind you of memories like that. It immediately puts me in a head state. 
I think that's why people like starting their day with coffee. I think the scent of coffee oh, yeah. is a setting. Coffee shops, being going to get coffee Smell and is talking totally to people. totally part of the setting. And the setting then creates a different mindset of, okay, now I feel productive and I'm ready to start my day. Just think about that ritual for people. Mm-hmm. There is a setting to a coffee shop that evokes that type of emotion in you. And that's what I really like in an office space. I like that type of that one of, of the, the, I think we, t- we touched on this in the last episode, actually, um, was kind of the evaluations and the check-in points. Um, we were talking kind of more about goals. What I've noticed um, now that I own my home and it's kind of a little bit more, you know, it's, I'm invested in it. Um, I, I've been spending, you know, probably once every couple months just taking a step back, looking at the setting that my wife and I have created and evaluating is this, you know, is this where I want to, is this, is this evoking those emotions that I want to have? So like you said, for the bedroom, um, we keep it nice and clean. We keep it tidy. Um, very little. The only thing on my bedside table is my old diffuser and my journal. Um, and it's interesting, like you said, I was just like literally running through my head being like, well, actually right now there's like three other things on there that probably shouldn't be on there. Like two old cups of water and like an extra notebook um, and now I'm like, oh, damn, like if those are off there, the fact that I know those are sitting on my bed table right now is is playing somewhere into my mind when I'm sleeping. So I think that's a really good example. And then I agree wholeheartedly on the office. And, you know, that's what we're trying to create in this space is just much more of a creative space to open up um, plants, sm- smells, uh, open space. Um, and I think the last the last one, um, which which we haven't touched on, is is that living space. And for me, that space is also extremely important as it is for everybody. Um, And when I look at my place, I want it to be very much community driven, multiple places for people to facilitate conversation. So, you know, we were over there a couple nights ago having a little dinner party and it was great because the way that my wife and I have set it up is there's a place to eat, there's a place to chill, but then there's also this like in-between spot. And I love like our kitchen setup where you can kind of be talking and cooking and over the island. And I think it's a really important thing to consider in the place in which you're going to live in. And a lot of us are, you know, going from one rental to the other. And I think it's a really important place to, when you go into those visits to like visualize yourself, like what am I going to be doing in this space? How is that going to make me feel? Because a lot of times like you walk in, this place is awesome. This, this place is in my budget. Let's rip it. I think there you, there's has to be a lot more consideration into how are you going to build this out? What is it going to look like? What conversations is it going to facilitate? Are people going to walk in and not really know where to go? People are going to walk in and be like, oh, this is my vibe. I'm just going to be like in over there chilling. You have to make that a decision. I think the check-in points for that um, and evaluating that and just really looking at your spaces is something that people should probably do a little bit more often because a lot of times it just becomes this hodgepodge of my mom's old couch. Yeah, I got this yeah. on an Ikea sale. Yeah, this you, you Amazon just, you thing, and you just it's put the, together yeah. and then it's like, all right, like I guess this is my vibe. Then you go into somebody who took a step back and think of Alex and Chris's spot that we've gone to a couple yeah, times. That place is amazing. It is like that's their vibe, right? They curated a space for who they are. And there's a lot of things that play into both of those. And I think you can decide we're going to build this 
space over time, kind of like, you know, the shelves we have here, there's going to be stuff that accumulates over time that means something to us that we pull from different settings yeah. to create that. But you have to just be like, we're going to do that on purpose. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the most important thing is to think about actually eliminating more than you add. Yes. Because most people just think, oh, this is an accumulation phase because everything else is set up for that. I'm going to make we more money. I'm going to buy Happiness a bigger, project, I'm gonna buy a bigger house. I'm going to put more shit out. It just doesn't make any sense. It just, more is not better. Better utility is better. Mm-hmm. What am I going to get out of this? Kind of like I really Marie Kondo basically everything. Yeah. I'm just saying like, does what is this doing for me? Yeah. Like, does this live better tonic bar sign that we have here and in here like do anything for me? And it says, yeah, that's cool. Like, it's our company name on it. It says tonic bar. Tonic just to me evokes some type of like healthy liquid. I know that if I need good nutrition or energy, I can go over there and get something. Yeah. And that reminds me, that's what this space is yes. for. That's what people label it gym. Yeah. I'm walking in. I'm not going to walk into something that says gym and all of a sudden, you know, walk into like a furniture store. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, I'm going in here to work out. That's why this is labeled as such. That's why there's this on the floor and this on the walls and this music playing. It, it all kind of leads in. And I think. You asked a question earlier, how do you get over some of the just inherent setting yeah. of a city? Yeah, let's go into that. And I said my my sort of short term and then we tangent off was to just change settings and be able to pull things back. But I think the but most- But what Im- about the noise? You know, what I, about yeah. your 16 floors up? Well, here's the most important part is travel is important and the retreat as, as we set it up gives you the perfect- it gives you the perfect environment to gain clarity in because we remove all of the distraction. We set it up to be this incredibly like socially supported place. You know you feel safe, number one. You know you feel inspired. You feel motivated. You feel seen and cared for. So we've knocked off all of these like very basic human instincts. That allows you then to relax after your stress has come down and we get your movement levels way up high. So now stress is down, endorphins are way up, you're around other people you like, all of a sudden you get this extreme clarity on, wow, I either really like this, I really don't like that. Here's how I actually enjoy waking up when I don't have to rush off and do all the shit I don't wanna do, or I'm not forcing myself to work out at you know, 6 a.m. for class before I have to be into this meeting, which you don't want to go to. It's just everything is on your own terms. And it's really saying, oh, wow, I like working later and starting work later in the morning because I want to sleep in and I want to wake up and I want to look outside at some type of inspiring setting or I at least want to take some time to like have my coffee and do what I need to do in the morning. That's what travel does. The problem is that most people waste that time. That's the the biggest irony of vacation is that's why you don't come back feeling better than when you started because you do the same bullshit (laughs) and you, you take on the same baggage by being like, Oh, I need to get up. I need to start doing this. I need to do these things. Like, no, do exactly what you feel like doing. Don't be lazy and just do nothing. But that's why drink by the pool all day. And that's the problem is that most people do that. They don't get up and, and actually see what makes them feel energized yeah. and productive. And I think being able to gain some clarity in a different environment then allows you to come home and lock in this much more positive, productive, beneficial mindset on regardless of what room I'm in, I can set up these little routines to change my mindset immediately. So I know that the ritual of waking up without an alarm and 
making myself coffee is what makes me happy. So that's how I'm going to set my life up. Yeah. Now, everybody's always like, well, what if I can't do that? What if I just like, A, just shut up and stop making excuses. That's number one. You always can. And I hate when people think that they're a victim of their environment. Guess what? You chose that. So fucking deal with it. A. B, to get around those types of things, you have to change the way that you view them. Yeah, it might not be what you want to do, but it is mandatory. If you To get paid, if you have to be into work at 7 a.m., get your ass to work at 7 a.m. And then set up your life to be different than that. I don't care if your friends are on a different schedule than you or you are. If you're going to pick that job and you want to be good at it, then work the, the, to the demands of the job and bend the rules of your life outside of it to make you better for that. And that's what travel can do because it can say drinking this coffee in this order of when I do X, Y, Z in the morning to get set up for that. If that's going to make me more productive, you're, you're going to be more productive whether you're staring at a skyscraper or whether you're staring at an ocean. Because the other thing that you don't get to do when you're on vacation is then come back and actually apply it to something that you find super meaningful. One Unless of the other you're working things, while you're traveling. One of the other things... Specifically on our experience, which I think um, ties back to what you were talked about, if you have to get up for your job, if it starts at 7 and you clock in, I think people will end up getting trapped in a setting um, because it's just like what they've been doing. So one thing I find super interesting about our trip is we get so many different walks of life, right? Um, We get trainers that are up at 4.30. We get people that stay start at 9. We get creatives that work, you know, three months a year and then take a month off. On a vacation, which is a word I don't love, normal, a normal one where you're just going and hanging out or doing whatever, most conversations are about, oh, this place is cool, or this is why I don't like what I'm doing at home, <laughs> or let's just drink and talk about memories. Like, literally, that's what it is. Let's, let's talk about the last time we got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, remember when I was super drunk and I, like, that's literally all you do. Yeah. You just talk about other times you were hit. Sometimes it's fun. Yeah, which is, which there is like, there's a, you know. A, but you don't get anywhere. It doesn't, you're not going anywhere with that. Where I was going is that on our trip, I'm talking to you. What do you like about your life? What are you doing? What, what are, what's your job? What, yeah. When do you come in? How did you negotiate that work from home day that you love? Um, you start your job at 10? Wow, that'd be great. I'd love to wake up, take my dog out, have my coffee and do that. How did you, how did you do that? What, do you, what is your industry? You're having those conversations and you go back and you make a choice. I don't want to clock in at seven o'clock anymore. Okay, well, I have this job. It's from seven to four. What are you doing from four to nine? In those hours of the day, are yeah. you being productive what are you doing? to then change that start time later? Yeah. Are you willing to have the conversation with your boss? That's going to be a little bit tough. I want to push back to nine. I'm going to stay two hours later. This is why. If they say no, then you know, you know what? This isn't for me. So I'm going to take the next six months from four to nine and find something new or create my own thing. And that is... Those conversations are had on our trips. Those conversations are had when you're with the right people in the right setting, talking about the right things. And that's where these trips and whatever setting that you can put yourself in to think that way and have those conversations will create the life in which you want to live. And, and, and finding ways to do that then back at home is just incorporating some of those challenges. So if you have to be in at nine and you take 
an hour to get ready to do all of your stuff. So you wait, let's say you wake up at 7.45. You have a 15-minute commute, right? Sure, it's a city commute. It takes you an hour to get ready, 15 minutes to get in, you wake up at 7.45. Got to be there at 9 o'clock. Try that on vacation. Yes. Wake up at 7 and use the 45 minutes to do something else. The scene of running on the beach might be nicer than running through skyscrapers, but the feeling of running is what actually benefits you. The scene keeps you interested, but the tangible outcome of changing your body through running, changing your mindset through running, applies whether you're on vacation or whether you're at home. It might be easier to do it on the beach when you're looking out like at sunrise, but you can find equally fun things to do back at home. And just understanding that running is the catalyst to starting your day different, that's the win. That's what most people don't get. They never vary, and that's the one thing that I have against routines is people develop a routine unconsciously on accident hmm. by just doing the same shit over they, and over yeah, and over. You have to get your hair ready, and you have to get to work. I'm like, try, try something different. Yeah, try something different. Try waking up, doing some different activity, and then seeing if that changes the mindset, even about how you get ready. You made a good point of you know when people are like, oh, I can't work out in the morning. And you're like, oh, well, it's different. If I told you, so say, you know, I always work out after work, for example, not me, but somebody. I always work out at five, and like, I can never get up at six to work out. Well, you also said, like, yeah, you also wouldn't want to work out at midnight. Yeah. It'd be just weird. It'd be like, that's like crazy. I'm not going to wake, go to bed at 10, wake up at midnight, work out, go back to sleep. Yeah. So it's different. And that's where, when you have the trips like this, you get a testing ground. Yeah. So if you're on the Libetta retreat and we have a morning workout at six and you get up and crush that and then the next day we do it and the next day we do it and then you realize like, you know what? I don't really want to get up that early. Sleep in. Yeah. Well, See how you feel. I think the funniest thing to my little brother, Brian, who's still in college, um, obviously you're not waking up anytime before like noon normally. He was like, oh, dude, he's like, are we have any activities that start at noon? Because he had just come off. Uh, it was on spring break when he joined us on our on our last retreat. Yeah. And I was like, no, dude, we're, you get up and, like, start your day early. And it's funny because he was one of the first people at every morning activity. Yep. And, and when we go on vacation, when he's just chilling or, like, drinking a little more than everybody else, she's just still in that phase, he wakes up late. Like, he'll get up early if we have to do stuff, yeah, of course. Totally. And he's not a complainer. Like, he's yeah. got a great mindset. Oh, for a 22-year-old kid, it was just his birthday last week, but for a 22-year-old kid, he understands his position in life more than other 22-year-olds for sure. But yeah, I think it was funny watching somebody in that setting <laughs> just have a totally new mindset about waking up early. It was just a different thing because why were we waking up early? We were doing this crazy cool intention-setting thing. It was on the beach. It was right pre-workout or pre-movement and pre-stretch and knowing that you got to wake up to do that by knowing that that was going to make you feel good and set up your day, that makes it exciting to wake up. And like that could extend to just playing with your kid. If you have to wake up to take care of your kid, like I say this now with no kids, just as a disclaimer, and I'm sure I'm going to be tired, but like those mornings when you wake up to get your kid out of bed, out of their crib, I would have to, like those memories are going to last. Mm-hmm. Like, you might bitch about it in the moment, but then they're never going to be that small again. You're never going to get that time just in, like, pure peace and quiet when you're not putting your kid down to answer the phone and cook dinner and entertain, and it's not overwhelming quite yet because your workday hasn't started either, that those quiet moments of reflection 
actually create really great memories. And you can find so much joy, I think, and even creativity, inspiration, motivation, and how you start your day, that that's why beginning it with some type of routine, even if the routine is really practicing like a non-routine, say you do something different every day, but you still have the routine of blocking out that time. That's the most important part because it's not the activity, it's the prioritization of time towards an outcome. And I think using, and I had wrote this down about using outcome-oriented um, like templates to figure this out. So how do you want to feel? Do you want the outcome to be joy, happiness, motivation, inspiration, creativity, calm? Um, set up the setting to be like that and then walk in with a mindset, somehow prime yourself to be ready for that and to get into that mode. And then the combination of those two produce that outcome. And then that produces a result, which is good for you. And then on and on we go. So if you're going to move between environments, I know I'm most creative in the morning and I'm most, or I'm most task oriented in the morning and I'm most creative in the evening. So in the morning, I want my stuff set out nicely to where like I have a fresh page on my notebook, my computer set up, I have my coffee, there's music playing that I know I'm going to be productive to and I'm going to sit down and knock that out for a while. And then I'm going to put that away when I feel like moving my body, I'm going to go exercise and work out. And I want to do that in either a social setting or something that I feel inspirational, put on some music, watch a David Goggins (laughs) Instagram post before I go, whatever that has to be. And then after that, I know I need downtime. So I'm going to shut my computer, shut my thing, eat, refuel, take that time off. And then in the evening, I ramp back up with more productivity and creativity. And I might do some work from the couch or I might go to Soho House or I might go to a coffee shop just to sit and write and formulate after I have already been active, productive, and calm. And then that, when I come down off of that creativity, I'm kind of spent and I like to spend a little bit of that in a social communal environment like my living room where I feel comfortable. That settles me down. And then when I move to my bedroom, I know that that is going to produce another sense of calm you have your nighttime routine, which makes you feel like you have good hygiene and you're, you know, you've, you've primed yourself, I'm ready for bed, I hit the pillow and then I'm out. And you just repeat that day over day, like you're going to get a lot out of that day mm-hmm. instead of just getting ping-ponged around from, oh, I hot-docked it out of bed, I didn't have time to get ready, I skipped my coffee, so I skipped that environment to be productive. I was answering emails on my phone, on the go, late to my gate to get on it the airport's stressful like that's why those days don't go well because you're not in charge of them and that's where then finding that mindset that is mutually exclusive of the environment really helps because that's when you draw on your discipline and things like meditation or in the moment tools when you're like all right shit's in the fan how do we hit the reset button how do i kick back on track and that's when you can take that second away prioritize things down on paper and we have so many more strategies for that and on the retreat is when we lay all of that out without the stress of the setting so that you actually have time to do it. And that's the important part because you're not going to come up with all these strategies while you're sitting at your desk. You have too many other things reminding you that you have too many other things to do. Yeah. We need the, we need the environment. We need the set. We need the setting, um, the community in which to do it. And we're just honestly want anybody that thinks they should come, should come. Like that's it. Like if you've clicked on the link, if you have heard your friends talking about it, if you've seen a video and you're like, wow, that like is something I would think about doing, those are the people that should come. 
Uh, we have a, just an all-star cast coming already on this one, and we're really excited for anybody that um, that wants to link up. So um, November, second week in November, 11th through the 16th, El Salvador, Las Flores Resort, best surf break of all time, best yoga setting you could ever find. Like, the setting is insane, um, and that's why we keep going back. Yep. So... Um, we would love to hear from you guys. Um, if you guys have any questions about the trip, um, always DM us on Instagram, shoot us an email. Um, any, any other questions you guys have about how you get there, what's included, uh, what do you need to bring, can I come alone, um, just hit us up. We'd love to chat about those. Uh, we've got some just some really cool people coming on this trip, um, and Jason and uh, Ryland and myself are really excited to host our seventh one. Number seven. Let's rip it, baby. All right. Peace. See you there. Thanks so much for listening to that amazing episode brought to you by Beam. We're really excited to have you guys test their stuff out. Make sure you check out beamtlc.com and use code livebetter at checkout for a discount.